you're listening to the Google Ads Podcast, brought to you by Solutions 8, the Google Ads Agency. Welcome to the Battle Royale here at Solutions 8. This is an epic showdown, a meeting of the minds. Two men enter, only one will leave. A death match. All right, I'll stop. Uh, first blood. What we're doing here is we're debating, more or less, we're having a friendly conversation about performance match campaigns and whether it makes more sense to use multiple PMAX campaigns, when and where it makes more sense to use multiple PMAX campaigns, and when and where it makes sense to use a singular PMAX campaign. Joining us are combatants, if you will. In the left corner is one of our strategists here at Solutions 8, and then in the right corner is Osama. Light keeps darkening, which makes you the villain, Osama. I actually don't know who's on what side. I'm going to go first. One of the things somebody said in the company Slack channel when we said we were going to have the Battle Royale is, I hope our clients never watch this, which is true (laughs) because it's like, well, gosh, it depends on so many things, geography, company, Mm -hmm. skew count, whatever. So we'll say there are no golden rules, and there's a bunch of reasons why you would or wouldn't do this. But with that said, I think this is a hyper-relevant topic for our viewer base right now. So let's dive into it. I'll go first if you want, Osama. So I've kind of adopted the mindset of, generally speaking, it's better to go with one performance max campaign because there's a lot more dynamics to it. And so having multiple performance max campaigns can lead you into situations where one performance max campaign might be prospecting out and the other one might be just remarketing more so. And so in order for those two to get aligned, I see a lot of issues in accounts that I have currently where even though they had the URLs excluded, we're same budget, launch, same time, same everything, pretty much just different products, different listing groups. There seems to be still some carryover from one campaign to the next. And so my whole thought process behind this was, well, why don't we just max out the asset groups in one campaign in order to pretty much feed the beast to where it's dynamically all in one, meaning the campaign is working together. You don't have one campaign that's prospecting one that's not, and then leverage that data to then locate, okay, these are top performing products and these aren't top performing products. And I'm talking about e-commerce generally in this conversation. The only time that I really found it being very beneficial for multiple is if there's a huge discrepancy in the cost of the products. So if you have like a thousand dollar product and then like a $50 product, obviously Google is going to go for the point of least resistance to give you the highest ROAS. So the issue with that obviously is if you want to sell a lot more of a certain product, it's very hard to push the algorithm in that direction with a singular campaign. You can eventually expand out to it. And so, like I said, that's when scalability comes into play. But as for the main issues I see with multiple campaigns that solve that is that issue. So Sama, <laughs> onto your point about why multiple, I guess, performance maxes are. I never said I was going to do multiple campaigns, but I agree with most of what you say. Okay, actually pretty much all of what you say, but what happens in the context where you have a very large skew count with multiple collections and you're bounded by 100 limit asset groups that's point one i kind of disagree with the different profitability one because where we split it up based off how i guess the price points are and how profitable and like if you have one spending a thousand and you have another at two thousand because we've had accounts and we've combined them after we've had two instances where we had a very high price point products and very low price point products that we split out for that reason but then we combined it again it performed better together instead of being separate so that and the last thing i want to say don't go off of what we say it's very dependent on your niche your products your brand your branding your overall funnel majority of our cases we're able to work with one campaign but i have also been able to pretty much double an account's budget while giving a higher ROAS than what the client wanted in an account with around by launching eight campaigns 
and they didn't have 100 asset group. They all started with like six, seven asset groups. And now I think they're up to like 15, 20. So it's not like a ridiculous build out. To, so that's heavily dependent on the type of products you have. And so I'm going to go deeper into what that was. So this was an account. And when I decided to split it up, it initially started off with everything combined together. And then what we kind of noticed was because this person was carrying branded products, people were searching specifically for those brands. Now, these are well-known brands in that niche. People go for them. So what we started doing was starting to split based off of each brand and then started categorizing the products in those asset groups accordingly. And their goal was 5X. And we were heavily scaling during that time. Like each time we created a separate campaign, we were setting up high budget. We were setting it at $100. Basically the original campaign had like, I think it was like 300 or 400. And each new campaign we launched was running, starting at like 100, 150. $50. So we set up eight. So we pretty much double, tripled their budget in that one month. And each one of those campaigns took off immediately based off of the brand. Also, what we kind of did after is like the brands that did really well, we identified we're like, these are the brands that people like, these are the brands people do. And we're scaling those even more now. Well, the brands that didn't work out as properly, didn't work out as well. We kind of regrouped them back together into a single campaign. And now that's doing better too. There was a lot that happened here. <laughs> I have an assertion based on what you just said. And I want y'all to tell me what you think about this because it's a golden rule. And I know John wants no golden rules for performance max. It sounds like it's one performance max campaign per unique audience. Yes. So if the audience is the same, even if the products are disparate, have massive spreads, different margins, if the service is the same, as long as the audience is the same, it's in one performance max campaign. The minute you have a separate audience, because I know we talk about splitting up performance max campaigns by language, which is separate audience. So some just said with the different brands, people are going after very specific brands. Yeah. That's a different audience. I'm going to send you the niche. It was this niche and we were selling this. And that's what all the brands carried essentially. Those two products were basically the two major ones. And these were like secondary ones, which we have a campaign for just this. And it's doing extremely well. So this is a good example. I'm just going to say it because we're not giving away who the client is. Yeah. So the niche is baby products, separate PMAX campaign for strollers, separate PMAX campaign for car seats. No, no, no. It was PMAX campaign for each brand. We didn't even split up the asset group. They're combined. So okay. all the baby strollers and the car seats and toys were in that asset group. Dude, separate PMAX campaign wow. for every stroller brand? Yeah. Essentially every wow. baby brand, we split up into a separate thing. And literally in a month, we doubled their budget. Again, oh, wow. those are well-known brands. Like think about okay. it, like parents do heavy research into those brands. They go after it. Right. And as soon as PMAX is able to identify how far down the funnel they are, he's able to capture it right when they need it. I wonder if the reason for that would be based on the fact that they're already established. And so they've already taken their slice of the pie and you're just leveraging that aspect of it. And that's literally it. Like they're well-established. People know about them. You're literally going after that traffic. And majority of our conversions in that, those campaigns are those branded. Convert. It's like okay. brand stroller, brand blank blank stroller. And PMS is because it knows what to go after. It, it's absolutely crushing it, going after the exact bottom of funnel traffic it needs to so for like the audience signals roughly like are you using like just the normal setup where there's like keywords urls converters even, like it's all just lumped into one kind of thing no i have it split up but it's not that aggressive is the word i'm gonna use it's not like we have like 50 asset groups built out it's more like we have maybe 12 and that was built up by the way based off the insights we got and the right. interesting part was that i used insights from the other campaigns as well and i could use that audience because it was the same audience because like the general niche of the products are the same so because each pmx was probably going after different audiences testing them i just took the best ones and created asset groups around them that gotcha. makes a lot of sense the cross-pollination of audience across pmx campaigns that's a good debate point yeah well <laughs> uh, it's such a unique and specific instance though i think if you're carrying brands that are well known right 
you could get away with it and you could scale heavily. I won't say the name. I once ran an account for a guy that was selling Nike shoes. I spent a lot of money on that campaign and all my conversions were literally branded. So if it's a well-known brand, right? People are searching for that brand in ridiculous amounts because they want their products, right? It will go after those terms immediately. There's no thought behind it. Mm. You know, that makes sense. I mean, I have an account that is doing something similar to that. I guess in that situation though, it's very, instead of segmenting by brand, it's more so by like product. And then there's asset groups in there that are segmented out by brand that then use the keywords and then it's working. So that's why I guess I wonder if maybe then depending on the difference, that could be like kind of a cool test is if we can see which way is better to segment out, whether it be by general product type, or if we go directly into brand and then lean more into that and see if that actually gives us a better. I personally think you should start with a catch-all with a single camp, especially if you're carrying multiple brands, start with everything combined together, but split your asset group based off of brands. Right. So, yeah, so we did do that. The issue came back down to sort of the idea I was talking about earlier, which was ROAS, meaning the ROAS goals were very different for one product versus another product. And so that kind of led to the algorithm favoring like, okay, we can get this, we can scale this up. And then this higher ROAS for this product might, may just be a byproduct of it. That goes back um, to the conversation that we had a while ago. I think this was John and I, but it actually might've been all the strategists. We just can't have ROAS goals for early stage performance max. Uh, campaigns. It's, it's we're going to go spend, see what's possible. And then based off of performance, we can start to split things off and then apply ROAS goals if and when necessary. But for a client to come fresh, new to performance max, which is all of them and say, I want to test performance max and I need to get a 3X, 5X, 10X, whatever. We can't do both of those things. It's like, we're going to test performance max, go learn, identify your audience. And then we'll figure out what the ROAS goal should be. Yep. This is actually a sales problem. We have a sales problem right now because we're selling the way that we sold smart shopping. Because smart shopping mm-hmm. is like, hey, generally speaking, we can get a 300% ROAS on the vast majority of products that have an $80 AOV, and then we can scale that. And we had some clients that got up to 15,000% ROAS. With Performance Max, ROAS isn't the first step. Proof of concept with the audience is the first step, and ROAS is the second step. There's also a gold standard that we used to have with the rest is like, if you have 50 conversions, you should set a ROAS goal of whatever you want on it. That no longer takes effect here because when you think about it, that 50 conversions was for one network, right? So now we're across seven different networks, basically, right? So what we really need in a month is like 100 plus conversions before we go and even consider putting ROAS on it. And just to add on to the ROAS argument, I don't like putting a ROAS goal on it. I'd rather play around with my asset groups, play around with my listing groups till I maximize how much ROAS I can get and how much I can spend and get away with. Once I've hit that plateau, that's when I put a ROAS goal on my account. I guess the way that I look at it is not necessarily when I say ROAS goal, I don't mean like setting a ROAS goal. I mean, just like that's the goal in my head for the client. And so it's Mm. like, okay, they spend this much. What is the Delta for them to reach that? And so like what I found a lot of times with performance max is that sometimes you come in too high or too low on the budget. And then you have to sort of like massage it to where you're like, okay, this is the goal and then start to scale. Cause I found that performance max is essentially, oh, we have another combatant. This is like WWF, (laughs) or I guess y'all are young. So for you, it's the WWE, but like somebody comes in halfway through the fight with a chair. 
<laughs> or a lamp like yeah. FA. so we're having a battle royale and actually so far everybody agrees so this is a horrible fight yeah it's good information that's exactly right we're talking about when to use one performance max campaign when to use multiple performance max campaigns and this is a good opportunity to summarize Caden you give us what you think your summary is so far Osama you give us what you think your summary is so far okay, tell me everything that's been pulled and I'm gonna count so I mean I guess per my understanding is we pretty much me and Osama agree on like 90% of the things that we discussed <laughs> that having uh, one performance max campaign is generally good if you have all the assets built out however in certain instances for specific situations like if you have a brand that's very established and you already have like a very designated audience in the audience pool of google then it makes a lot more sense to break it out into separate campaigns i'm kind of with the mindset of i still think that if there's a discrepancy in product price that there's still a reason to split out the campaigns and so we're kind of going back and forth on that what he said <laughs> it's wrong <laughs> that's pretty much the context so now what's your thought on one p max versus multiple i'm just laying back I should be more like one um, always one always one like, what about multiple languages multiple countries Boom, oh, awesome. <laughs> and what if we have too many collections and not and can't build enough asset groups yeah that's the thing the rule seems to be one performance max campaign generally speaking unless there's like really specific multiple countries multiple languages massive skew count to the point that someone was making right before fa joined if you find products that are going to perform better in a silo, probably because they have a dedicated audience, then you can spend those off in their own PMAX campaign. My question there, and this gets a little philosophical, which that's where I like to go with this, is it felt like smart shopping did a really good job at maximizing the value of a customer. So if you bought my bike, you're going to buy my tires and my bike pump and my helmet. If I took the bike and I put it in its own PMAX campaign, I don't think that PMAX campaign will then go sell you after you buy my bike. It's not going to go sell you my tires, my bike pump and my helmet, unless I build that into its own specific remarketing campaign. So maybe that's part of the strategy, but there's definitely not a set and forget ability to go back and milk your customers for more. Yeah, I think the remarketing that we were talking about earlier with John, that whole shift and everything was like a big factor that we we're like, I wondered why we were seeing some like discrepancies on transitioning over from smart shopping to performance. Because you look at smart shopping, you're like, oh my gosh, we're getting super good ROAS, but we're getting a ton of returning customers. And so that's sort of like the 80-20 rule that we were talking about earlier, which is like performance max is going to 80% towards new customers, 20% towards returning customers. And then smart shopping is reverse of that. And so with the trade-off with performance, Max is yes, you can keep scaling because it's going to keep prospecting for new customers. However, you have a tail behind that you still have to cannibalize to try to say, okay, what else can we get out of these customers? So I think yeah, adding in that dynamic remarketing was definitely a really good call on that. And I think that'll help a lot of accounts. And I think just to add to Kato's point, the smart shopping was 80% remarketing and 20% output, which made it really good for reoccurring customer people. So let's, I don't know, a simple example was like air, someone selling a air filter machine. They're going to need filters over and over again, right? Yeah, any consumable. So, yeah, yeah, any consumable. So you sold the device, but they're going to keep coming back for the filter. So smart shopping did a really good job of tracking who was coming back for it and kept going after it because it was more remarketing. It was focusing on getting that customer to come back to you and buy more stuff. So if you had, like you said, something consumer-based or consumable-based, it would do a really good job getting you back to the website. But because PMAX is more outbound than remarketing, it gets the customer once. And now it's your job to keep the customer alive in your, whether it's email, whether it's remarketing, whatever you do. 
Well, in the way to keep the customer alive, what if we were to take our customer list, build it into Performance Max and make that an independent Performance Max campaign? So now I have my acquisition campaign. Well, that was was some of this is more or less, didn't you come up with this template or somebody? The acquisition campaign and the remarketing campaigns? No, but then those are audience signals. They might start off with the customer list and then then it's just going to go on some tangent. So if Google led us to a targeting and we were able to update our customer list every time. We can update our customer list dynamically using Zapier. So you can connect your CRM via Zapier into Google ads, update the customer list. And then hopefully, as long as the, up- the customer list is being updated faster than Google can run out of customers, it won't expand beyond your marketing list. What's interesting, sorry, uh, before I move on to my point, Kaden said you were testing it on it. I'm testing it, not in that exact format, but just with a different segmentation with performance max that you have. Um, just trying to figure out what would be the most beneficial thing to do. But I wanted to do a quick point because there is also reasons to not do remarketing in Google for the fact that if you have like, when I say that, I mean, in reference to like a subscription. So like if you're selling like a product that's going to get purchased over and over again, there is other ways to then lean into that heavy, whether that be if you have email remarketing, whether you have like a YouTube channel that covers, so the spend is going to fluctuate. And so I think that performance max, one thing that I've found is really good is that the fact that it goes after new customers. And then if you have a really good ecosystem that you can pull them into, you can lower your LTV goals, find new customers, and it makes it a lot easier for you to essentially hit those goals without having to spend as much on remarketing as you would have without it. And when I say remarketing, I mean dynamic remarketing, separate campaign, not performance max. Just to add on to the customer list, we actually did a test where we added an updated customer list versus an older customer list. And the updated customer list outperformed the old customer list. So in theory, if you keep updating your customer list, like with Zapier or something on an automated work manage or automated way, that asset group is what I'm going to call it, is probably going to continuously do extremely well and get better. So to the point you just made, I don't know that we've tested automatically updating a customer list instead of performance max. We haven't. The only reason I say that is because we launched an account with a customer list, then we got an updated customer list and created another asset group around it. And that one did better. So I'm like, in my head, I'm like, does updating your customer list continuously updating it help improve performance? I think it depends on the product too. I mean, that's really what it comes down to is just your niche. Like everything is so different. Like you can have something to where it's like, I only want new customers. I have a really good system to keep those customers. But then we have other, some other campaign where it's like, well, we can increase the value of the LTV just if we were to remarket them a little bit more. And that, yeah, I think it's just based case by case. <laughs> that's the thing that kind of is fun and also very annoying sometimes is <laughs> you have to figure out what's wrong. We on those points. <laughs> like you said, it's not a battle royale, like you said. Yeah, this was like a weird sort of truce. <laughs> Went from P Max yeah. to something else. Came yeah. to the battlefield and realized that we were all friends. And we, yeah, we, we tested out the, the line same things because <laughs> we have a strategy channel. Once someone <laughs> found something, we just start testing the same thing. We get the same results. Like, what can I say? There are no golden rules, but there are some SOPs that we're following. Yeah. It's I, kind so of starting point. There are no golden rules is what keeps us in business as an agency. Because if we started identifying golden rules of performance max because of the strength, we'd have to pivot very quickly to an education company because nobody would pay us to keep doing this. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. not to sound like a predatory in a lot of ways, but the strategy is what keeps us in the money. Because and and I think Google's gonna try to optimize us out of that someday. I think that's their goal. I don't know if they'll ever get there, but it's fun to watch them make very strong attempts. But the fact that we use Performance Max in such a diverse set of ways, I think that's the reason you need a Google Ads person or you need to use it, learn it well enough to be able to use them. Yeah.
Yeah, it was easier with smart shopping, but performance max is completely different. Like Kevin said, it, it differentiates in every industry. Like for an example, we talked about the usual stuff is creating one performance max campaign, but I have a client, they're selling Snapays and Afro Puffs, but Hero product is Snapay. And if I put everything in one performance max campaign, let's say I spent $1,000, $950 of that budget is going to Snapay. So it's eating out all the budget. So, and it's not meeting the ROAS goal. So what do I do? Do I turn it off? Do I turn off the hero product? Like 80% of their revenue is coming from that product. I cannot turn it off. So what I can do is create a different performance max campaign and maintain that the ROAS goal is 3x. Right now we're hitting 2x. So what I did is that I take that snap pay. I created different performance max campaign with like 10 or 15 asset groups. I gave it different budget and to test out other stuff, I just separated out. Yeah, that speaks to what we were talking about before you joined, which was ROAS goals come way later. Yeah, because Pmax yeah. is testing so many different types of audiences mm-hmm. that you can't learn an audience and have a rise goal at the same time. It's a lucky accident when you do, and it's happened to us, but that can't be the expectation. Especially with new accounts, it's a whole situation with new accounts. <laughs> yeah, we got to share this video with Mike and just get like we the, the entire sales narrative needs, and I think we're getting there too. Is we're learning Pmax more, and if you're watching this, I think half of our listeners or watchers or subscribers or whatever agencies, maybe more than that. You got to change the way you sell PMAX. You can't promise a result. You're like the R&D department. It's like, hey, I'm going to go figure out who buys from you and then we'll figure out how we scale that. The game has changed. Like you said, like you are promising 90 days and you have to give us like $100 for a smart shopping campaign. So it's using that $100 on just like shopping and dynamic remarketing. Now it's PMAX. Still, the budget is the same, and you're promising the same days, but it's using $100 in shopping, Gmail, display, discovery, YouTube, like everything else. So the budget is more divided now. As far as uh, conversions, we used to apply a goal once we had 50 conversions, and now the 50 conversions were just in one network. Now that they're across a myriad of networks, you need way more conversions because Google has to go figure out how those networks are interfacing. And I think this becomes a multidimensional problem because it's not just about the conversions across multiple networks. Performance Max is also full funnel. Yeah. Performance Max, if you have the content for it, is going to the top of the funnel and trying to drag people down. Smart Shopping yeah. didn't seem, even though it was display-based, didn't seem to really be doing that. It was still very bottom of the funnel. So I think Pmax is so much fun, but I think we've just scratched the tip of the iceberg. I also think that we're going to end up being a media creation agency. I hate to say that, <laughs> but I mean, it's going to get, because we keep coming to our clients and we're like, all right, we need more and they're like we don't have it and then we're like all right well bye like that's not tenable but creating that amount of media that's going to be costly so i don't know what the model change there is like sister agency adjusting the model coaching clients education like how do we get people to create the amount of content and media that would be necessary to feed the beast figuring out which media type of media performs best yeah why would the fact that the google created videos perform shocks me Shocks oh yeah, those videos are amazing. Have you tried making them? They're so good. No, <laughs> like the, in, the, in the, like the Google Ads thing, you go to Asset Build Out or something. They're so good. Oh yeah, Jasper is going to shoot a video on that. I'm going to go see where it is. I'll ask Leandra. Cool. How do we feel about the Battle Royale? We did it? Kind of did it. It started off with a sword fight, ended up with coffee together. Cheers to that. <laughs> Cheers to that. Cool. Well, like, comment, subscribe, do all the things, and we'll see you all tomorrow. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Google Ads Podcast. For more ways to grow your business with Google Ads, you can subscribe to the Solutions 8 YouTube channel. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. And if you'd like to work with the best Google Ads agency in the world, you can visit Solutions 8 at sol8.com.
Custom here. If you're running Google Ads, even if your campaigns are successful, my years of experience have taught me that there are almost always enormous improvement opportunities. Now, what if the best Google Ads agency in the world was willing to review your Google Ads campaigns for free and provide you with a comprehensive action plan, no cost or obligation? Notice, I didn't say audit or evaluation. I said action plan, a bullet point by bullet point breakdown of exactly what needs to be done to improve your Google Ads campaigns. Yours to keep, no cost or obligation. Head over to Solate.com to get a free Google Ads action plan customized for your business. No strings attached. That's S-O-L-8.com. S-O-L, the number 8.com.